0: Valar David Hey, how are you? Great What's going on? Yeah? I'm, yeah. uh, so I, I, yesterday, Sunday, uh, I first watched the Avengers Endgame Yes And then immediately went home and watched the Battle of Winterfell on uh, game of thrones. Yeah. So I'm so you're probably all
1: adrenaline up all night.
0: Yeah. I stayed of. up a little later than I would have liked. And, uh, and, uh, I'm now I'm just, you know, soaking in the zeitgeist. I've got a, <laughs> I feel, I feel current in a pop culture sense, which is an unfamiliar thing for me.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You could talk at work around the water cooler about all that stuff. So yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and I won't to, I won't spoil it, but, uh, I do want to recommend on wired, uh, the Twitter personality Angry Staff Officer, um, mm-hmm. who you should follow anyway if you're interested in kind of government or Pentagon stuff. Um Angry Staff Officer and did a write up um as basically an after action report of the Battle of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Um okay. and so, you know, he uh For for example, he uh, commended them on their placement of the Dothraki cavalry, um, uh, had some harsh words for their use of close close air support, Uh, (laughs) and the whole thing is written in a uh, very dry, you know, uh, like in the manner of a DoD after action report, but it's a, you know, but they're talking about this Game of Thrones (laughs) battle. Yeah. It's great. Do you have
1: PowerPoint slides?
0: No, that would have been, that would have been the final (laughs) step of authenticity, right? Right. (laughs) That's the only thing that's missing. Yeah.
1: No, I could imagine that would be like, a, like a term paper at West Point of like you know you got to – or like bonus bonus points or something you know on on uh, war theory or something. Of, yeah, of, exactly. Like to, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, or like yeah the, the kind of if you're at West Point the kind of dorm room conversations are about you know the Battle of the Five Armies you know on uh, Lord yes. of the Rings you know that kind of thing right. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so my weekend wasn't as exciting. I was I was walking my Dog Robbie around the cul de sac here, and uh, so I'm just uh, you know, just walking down the street, and then uh, I saw this I don't know, five year old kid like leaning out his uh screen door, and and it's like he, I hear him yelling something, and I'm like, okay, and I don't know if he's yelling to me or whatever, so I like pause my thing I was listening to, and then it's you know, and then it's like he would yell it, and then he would duck into the screen door, and then um. I'm like all right whatever and it's like I go around the cul-de-sac and then he he ducks back out again and he's like yelling at me he's yelling "Hey old man!" <laughs> and he like runs inside. I'm like what did I do to this kid, you know? And I'm I, and I'm just but I'm just thinking it's like the, the, like doesn't he realize I'm walking a dog here? It's it's you know my dog poops. It's up to me to pick it up. You know, it's it's my choice, right? Um, so, he'll pay. He'll pay. Uh, yeah,
0: that's brutal. That's brutal. Jesus, he you, you
1: hear about all the Ohio people being nice, and then, then you
0: get this. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Yep. Uh, maybe we can replace them all with robots, Dave. Oh, we will uh, after this episode. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, what? So, what's? Uh, what are we talking about?
1: Yep. We got all kind of robots. It's all about robots this time. Uh, so, it's, we got robots that want to clap. We got robots that want to live, and also robots that want to
0: deliver coffee. Mm, I like those robots. I like those robots. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if folks want links to the uh, uh, Game of Thrones after action report, uh, what website should they uh, should they frequent?
1: Uh, DGshow.org. dot org. So, D's and Dave G's and Gunnar Show
0: Nice. Nice. And uh on the cutting room floor, uh kind of a, a dog's breakfast of ephemera as usual.
1: Mhm. Yep. Yeah, we got uh, uh if you ever need them, we have uh videos of doorbells uh, recording you know, the video doorbells recording mm-hmm. their own thefts, right? <laughs> um, we got uh Windows 95 phone and we also have an AI generated Bitcoin ex- explainer.
0: <laughs> Which is probably indistinguishable from an actual Bitcoin explainer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um <clears throat> okay. Uh robots inside your body.
1: Yeah. So this isn't exactly a robot. Uh, so this is what but the thing that I, I noticed is that we haven't talked about um ingesting non food objects <laughs> and, and the fun things you could do with them in a while. So I've been figured, a bit, Yeah,
0: it has been a minute, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been several episodes. So um, did you ever hear of the, the game? It's called The Guts Game. Mm, can't say that I have. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's a digital game that uses ingestible sensors to highlight emerging opportunities to design novel bodily experiences.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. No, thank you. No, no, don't dismiss it too soon. <laughs> okay, it, all right. Great. Yeah, okay, walk me through Let it. Let me sell walk you on this. Okay.
1: All right. So it's, it's a two player game, right? Um, I don't know why they limit it to two players, but, um, but you use these ingestible sensors. So it looks like this like big horse pill that you swallow, right? And you swallow this, this sensor. And basically it has a, uh, like a temperature sensor that with the, I guess a Bluetooth, uh, transmitter that can transmit the, the temperature data to your phone. Right. And, um, So what it does is, so the way the game works is that you're supposed to uh, raise and lower your gut temperature uh, to outscore your opponent and also to uh, win a race. Huh.
0: Okay, so it'll it'll say, uh, okay, get your gut to 102 degrees or get your gut down to 94 degrees or whatever it is. Yes, exactly. All
1: right. Yeah, and guess how the, the race is over. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's kind of a natural end to the race, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very natural. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and,
1: and that's basically the, the whole thing where it's like, you know, it's, I guess it once, like, like once you start off and you get it in your stomach, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to ingest or to adjust the temperature by drinking like, like hot coffee or, uh, cold water or, uh, ice cream or things like that to change a temperature. Mm-hmm. But as the uh, sensor moves through your digestive tract, um, it will it's harder to do that. And the only way that you could change a temperature is through uh, like uh, vigorous exercise and, you know, changing environmental conditions like going into a sauna or a uh, swimming pool or, or things like that.
0: Right. Right. So it's like a finesse game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> That's uh so the target audience here is like what 14 year old boys i don't know i i,
1: I think it's like a problem looking for a solution sort of thing of uh <laughs> you know but it's i don't know if it's part uh educational with the uh some university trying to uh like figure out what to you know from a, a game uh perspective of of you know it, it, maybe using traditional input devices is passe. And and boy, what would happen if we swallow a temperature gauge and <laughs> what fun could we have with that and use that as an input device? Right.
0: Right. Um, yeah. I have no interest in this game at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, um, although I can imagine if I was 15, I would be a hundred percent on board for this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, all right. Now for a real robot.
1: Yeah. yeah so this is a real robot. Um, so did you ever hear of uh, Big Clapper? No. I had, no. Yeah. So this is. I believe this is from Japan, uh, where uh, you could. Uh, it's it's basically um, this thing that looks like a gumball machine with hands over top of its head, that you could program it to clap. Um, in certain situations. So like you could have it outside your store, like, you know, like how, like they always have like the memes of, of like outside a bar, they have the chalkboard of, of come in here and they have some pithy thing to, you know, it's fun to drink in here as opposed to being outside sort of thing. Right. Um, you know, when, when that becomes, you know, boring and everything, you could actually have this thing, uh, stand outside, uh, your place of business and it will automatically clap and talk to you as, as you walk past
0: clapping like in a fun way or in like a correcting the dog way.
1: Um it's clapping over its head like it's applauding for you. <laughs> so, it's this is the other thing. This is good for uh birthday parties. And and so like, you know, if if you can't get enough people to go to a birthday party, you can get a whole room full of these and and they can clap clap and cheer for you
0: <laughs> and each other. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> while well, the parents, yeah. <laughs> while well, the parents sit on a couch outside the party right. room, <laughs> check yeah. reading their phones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah, and you could program it. It could say different things uh, and all that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a very Japanese video if, if people want to take a look at it. And, uh, yeah, and, and you could have it clap and, um, and it can clap the music. Uh, too, if you want. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, this seems, uh, ripe for abuse. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like I can imagine this thing turning, turning on, uh, your customers as well. Uh, just like I was saying, you know, clapping, uh, you know, there's a, there's a moment where it's like, Oh, it's a fun clapping monkey. And then it Kind of, and then it keeps going, and it keeps going, and then eventually turns into like, oh, look at this horrifying clapping monkey, right? The with the symbols, you know what I mean? Uh, Kind of goes all the way around and comes back. Um, I can imagine this thing being extremely sinister in the wrong context.
1: Sounds like a Twilight Zone episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's like there's there's definitely a Black Mirror script inside this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: sure. The curse of the monkey big clapper or <laughs> <laughs> man finds a, a big clapper in, in a dumpster and then he takes it out and puts it out in front of his store and, you know, and he gets all kind of business, but it's, uh, leads to, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. There you yeah, go. yeah. 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 And the end of the episode is him incessantly clapping with his hands above his head outside his own store. Right. It's like, yes. Yeah. Crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. All right, all right. Sold. All right. Sold. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, next robot. So, if, so if you uh, so A/B testing, uh, guts game or big clapper.
0: Mm. I'm going with big clapper. Big clapper. Okay.
1: Big clapper. okay.
0: Yep. All right. Um,
1: good. Good for you, because the next robot story is that um, uh, there's a, a study that finds out that it's harder to turn off a robot when it's begging for its life. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and, and, but I was surprised by the results where, um, so they, they had, uh, 89 volunteers recruited to complete a pair of tasks with the help of now a small humanoid robot. And, um, and they would like condition it where it would ask questions of like, do you like pizza or pasta? Or, you know, do you like these different things? And, um, and then, um, in half, uh, so at the end, Um, the, the scientists asked the participants to turn off the robot and in roughly half the experiments, the robot protested, you know, for scientific, you know, you have your control and then you, you have your experiment part, the, in half of the experiments, the robot protested telling participants it it was afraid of the dark and begging, no, please don't switch me off. And (laughs) so this is another twilight zone episode waiting to happen, right? Um. So, yeah, so of the 43 volunteers who ho- who heard that robots, please uh, th- only 13 of them refused. And the remaining 30 took on average twice as long to comply with turning uh, the robot off as opposed to those that didn't hear the cries at all.
0: Yeah, I can totally I can totally imagine that I would have, heard, especially because it's uh, it establishes the humanity of the robot both through its like morphology. Like it looks like a human. And then also you're interacting with it in a human way. It's asking you for your preferences. Um, you know, you're interacting with it and then, uh, yeah, it's gotta be at some like very deep emotional level. It has to be difficult to turn it off. Right. Especially if it's pleading. Uh, please don't switch me off. Um, Dave asked me, uh, are you, uh, have you watched the good place?
1: (sighs) Oh, Wow, what is that? I think I need to watch it, but which one is that? I don't know if I watched it
0: yet. So this is uh Kristen Bell and uh Ted Danson are the kind of leads in it and uh uh it's about a woman who is uh accidentally sent to heaven. Um anyway, in the show it's it, it, what this reminds me of is uh there's a character in it uh which is a an omn, omn, omnipotent robot named Janet um who's like the assistant. Um, okay. and Uh, periodically in the show, they have to reboot Janet. (laughs) And and in order to do that, they have to kill her. Um, And so there's a big red button uh, on a podium in the middle of this beach, and uh, you have to hit the button to kill Janet. And she often suge- she'll suggest like, Hey, I listen, I need to get rebooted. Can you go, please reboot me. And then you're about to hit the button. And then she starts pleading for her life. <laughs> oh she's I'm sorry. I can't help it. Uh, it's just my programming. I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be the... <laughs> and so, she, <laughs> and so, you know, she's simultaneously encouraging you to kill her and pleading for her life at the same time. Anyway, it's, and it becomes this running gag in the show, Um wow. <laughs> which is, it makes me think of exactly this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, in the, if, in the link there's actually some videos of the people uh uh that and it was actually one of the older studies that people did of a very similar experiment and uh in in the older video it showed this like cat-like robot and it's like um you know the 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 person at the end of the experiment said you know the guy running the experiment said okay go ahead turn the robot off and then like i guess he walks away or something and then the lady is like, goes to reach to turn it off. And then I guess there was somebody with a microphone with the, you know, robot voice and everything. And it was like, no, please don't do it. I'm, you know, I'm afraid. And, and it's like, and, and it's trying to negotiate with the woman of like, I'll just pretend I'm asleep and nobody will know it'll be okay. And and it's, and she's like, no, I got to turn you off. They told me to turn you off. And she's like, like having this argument And, and eventually she turns it off. But it, but it was like, it was something else.
0: That is amazing. You know, what it makes me think of is, you know, we frequently talk about, uh, the toxic cesspool of human interaction that is uh, social media. And, uh, to think that it is so easy to invoke someone's humanity, um, where, you know, in this situation where the person is very obviously working with a machine, they can Mm -hmm. create what empathy, sympathy with, with, uh, with this inanimate object, um, just by kind of orchestrating the interaction a little more carefully. Um, And I, and it makes me think, uh, what is it, you know, is, is that a defense on social media? Like if you interact with somebody on a, if, uh, if you engage with someone in a more human way on social media, um, does that make you more or less likely to get trolled or abused or, or what have you? Um, yeah. That's yeah. Like, would you
1: say that to the person's face?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or would you say it knowing that you were going to get a response? Like if you were certain yes. to get a response from them, would you, would you do it? Right.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. And their humanity. Uh, yeah. As opposed to just like, you know, talking off the cuff or emotionally. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So if a big clapper wouldn't turn off and you went to turn it off and it begged for its life, would you turn it off?
0: I would turn it off more quickly. I would take even okay. more joy in turning it off. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Very good.
1: Very good. <laughs> okay. Speaking of humanity, uh, mm-hmm. here's, here's our third robot story. Um, before we move into uh wrap things up but um so this one is i would i would say more thought provoking than funny uh, and i'd love to get your take on this but mm-hmm. so there's this cafe that opens in Tokyo that's staffed by robots controlled by paralyzed people mm-hmm. okay okay so like you may have people that are paraplegics or quadriplegics or have like ALS that mm-hmm. they they you know, they can only move their eyes to like send commands on a keyboard and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you know, if, and I'm like watching the videos of it and it's like, it has this like, I don't know, four foot tall, like white robot. It looks like a nurse, like an address, uh, that that's like scooting along with you know, and delivers coffee and it, it takes orders and, um, and it can talk to people and handle objects and stuff like that. And, um, uh, right now they have uh, a staff of 10 people with conditions such as ALS or spinal cord injuries working from home. Um, They're paid a thousand yen, which is essentially um, $8 and 80 cents an hour, which is a standard wage for part-time work in Japan uh, to serve up coffee and interact with clientele. But the way the, like I watched the video and I'm like, yeah, it, it, gives these, you know, they say that it gives these people newfound independence and it also, um, you know, in terms of like giving people purpose and and things like that. Um, but I'm just like, it it just, something doesn't sit right with me. And I I don't know if, you know, I I don't, I don't know. It, It just seems kind of, um, there are probably better ways to, uh, have people, uh, engage in society and be independent.
0: Yeah. So I feel like, like it changed some of. Uh, so I, I think. So imagine, would you be comfortable with somebody who was not disabled controlling this robot from home? So like they're watching hmm. Netflix, and for eight, eight dollars and eighty-eight cents an hour, they're allowed, They're they have the, uh, they have control over the robot, and they're serving the drinks and and collecting a paycheck. Like, does that make it strange?
1: Yeah, it makes it different
0: in mm-hmm. that. You know, would you
1: treat the person differently? And that that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you know, in the service industry, you know, it's like there are so many jerks that treat waiters and wait staff, you know, like just terribly. Right. Yeah. And it's like, do you want to is that really the best and highest use of, of a person to to wait on somebody who is able
0: bodied? Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, So that's Yeah, that's an interesting kind of line of inquiry. Another one yeah. I have is. Um, isn't this an anachronism given that most coffee shops make you serve yourself? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. like obviously there's some cultural, you know, differences, like in France, you probably like want to be served, but like part of the, from a customer's point of view, maybe you're in for the robots and, and you're signed up and like, that's the experience you want. But I think part of the cafe experience is having someone there who you can, uh, you know, ask questions of and like, the the interaction is, like, diminished by the fact that you're being served by this, like, um, uh, lady skeleton nurse, right? Um, as opposed to, like, an actual human being that's, that seems like a less valuable experience. Um, on the other side of the ledger, finding ways to let people who are otherwise disabled, like, have, you know, a meaningful interaction in society, you know, to have a, um like you're saying, like to have purpose and to have function, like that's a good all by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know, just kind of, uh, kind of interesting. I like, I, I do think about the the opportunity for abuse. Like I think it was probably what they will find is that people are probably more likely to be abused, um, mm-hmm. verbally. I mean, you know, and, uh, uh, when you're talking to a robot just because you the consequences are diminished somehow. Um, yep. and, uh, yeah, I, the whole thing is, uh, I think what is most concerning about it for me, though, is this idea that serving coffee is so mechanical a task that it can be performed by a robot, even if there's a human operating it. Um, that seems yeah. that seems dehumanizing, and so as nice as it is to be able to give someone with ALS a job, right, um, and mm-hmm. purpose, and the rest of it, um, it is hard not to it is hard not to interpret it as kind of a, a second class or a, a diminished position in in society, which is still not great. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even like looking at the robot, I don't see the humanity in the
0: person mm-hmm.
1: behind the robot. And maybe if there was like a screen of the person's face or whatever, or like mm-hmm. you can imagine, like if somebody has ALS and they're, they're trying to have a conversation with um, somebody, it may take them a long time to be able to, you know, peck something out on the, the visual keyboard mm-hmm. and, and if the person doesn't know the situation, they may get impatient, especially if they see just basically, you know, a robot that is anthropomorphic, but not, it doesn't look like a human being. Right. And, and so it's like, Oh, this must be stupid hardware or they'll talk about it. Like it's like, you know, like they're not there sort right. of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think what's strange about it is, like, if it is a strictly mechanical thing that I'm interacting with, um, then that's kind of a safe, that's a safe place to operate in. If it's a human that I'm interacting with, that's another safe place to operating in because I'm bringing, like, a bunch of, like, rules and assumptions and and preconceptions as to how that interaction is going to go. When it's a little bit of both, I think that's unsettling. It's like a, it's a kind of an uncanny valley, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: So have you, with your Google Home, have you said thank you to it yet?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Because sometimes, cause like, sometimes you get a response like, just doing my job. Um, yeah. And uh, I find that... No weird. problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel that, and that's actually rewarding. Because um, cause you don't always get a response back. But when you do, yeah. uh, it does feel like... Uh, <laughs> it is strange. Now that I'm thinking about it, it is strange because it doesn't it does make me feel good. You know, yeah. to like thank him and then no, yeah. oh, I did. I did Google Home a solid. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Did you do the? Uh, with, oh, I I keep losing track of the names. The the thing where you could have your Google Home um, make appointments for you. It was it Duo or something like that?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that is not available in my area. It's a it's available okay. to a select set of customers only in certain cities. Um, yeah. And they've slowed the deployment of that for kind of obvious reasons. Um, uh, although I do think they were going to make it available on the phone and, you know, in Google Assistant itself. So it wasn't tied to the thing. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't know. So the idea is that you have, you sit, you tell Google assistant what you want, like, Oh, go schedule me a haircut with, you know, this barbershop. And then the Mm -hmm. Google home will call that person, call the receptionist at the barbershop and negotiate the, the appointment time. And then, and then come back. Um, even though it announces itself as like, hi, I'm a robot sent on behalf of, you know, yes, Bob Jones. Um, I still feel like that interaction I, I have a sense of responsibility for that interaction um in that if it goes bad or if it's frustrating uh that it will reflect poorly on me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Gunnar,
1: what why do you have such a terrible haircut? Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Wait, or or like no, no, just like, oh, here's that jerk who was so unbelievably lazy, he couldn't even pick up the phone and call us to make the appointment he had, you know, he had his fancy Silicon Valley robot call us. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. cause that's diminishing to them. Right. And so, yes, I mean, if it's a Domino's pizza or whatever, I, I, I care a lot less. Uh, but the, um, again, that like middle section between ordering something online on a website, totally fine. Right. All the yeah. rules are known. Uh, that's all fine. Um uh, calling mm-hmm. somebody on the telephone, totally fine. All the rules are well understood. But this thing where a human interaction is wrapped up in a robot body, uh, mm-hmm is in that weird middle spot where there are no norms and you don't exactly know how it's going to be received to the other end.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure the norms too are going to be more and more like voice activated and it's getting better and better. Like even like American airlines, their, their voice navigation is getting better Mm -hmm. where like you said, ordering a Domino's pizza, you know, it would be um, totally plausible that you would call Domino's and you're talking to their central robot. And it's text to speeching whatever you're saying to to get your order out, and it's you know shows up on a computer screen for somebody to make, and you never talk to a human being at all right um but then it could flip the other way on the customer side where you have the robot talk to the robot, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah yeah, that's right, well, and, and that, that's the... and that's okay right yeah and, but, that's yeah, totally fine, yeah um, but then it's the the
1: you know the local barber shop or the you know restaurant, a family restaurant or something that is maybe a little bit different, you know, from a chain versus a, a mom and pop sort of store. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, and part of it is that if I feel like if I'm deploying a robot to go interact with a mom and pop store, the implication is that this interaction that we're having could be automated yes. <laughs> and that, and that I'm not getting any particular joy out of you as a person. Um, you are like, that turns it, mom and pop store, the whole thing is that it is a a human connection, right? That's, that's a, that's a good part of the value that they're selling, right? Is that, you know, you get to know them by their first name and you you ask them how their kids are. And like, that's the, that's part of the whole scene. Right. And if you deploy a robot into that scene, the implication is that none of that stuff matters to me. Like I just want that thing on your shelf for money. Um, Yeah.
1: Cheapest price. Yeah. yeah, Race to the
0: bottom. It's Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's actually dehumanizing for the people who are on the business end of that of that mm-hmm. robot or that, that voice assistant. Right. Um, yeah. So I guess that's where, that's the reason why I wouldn't, I guess, I think that's the reason why I wouldn't do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess the other thing for, uh, upcoming, uh, like we were getting ready for the red hat summit next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so a lot of times you run into, um, you know, uh, meeting with customers and stuff like that at the, receptions and things and like you know a lot of times the icebreaker is always oh what do you do where do you work where do you live and all that mm-hmm. um one of the the i just saw this in gq magazine um it said uh, the perfect party question uh and, and let me throw this at you is uh would you rather be a dog or a ghost
0: mm, ghost ghost okay yeah. okay i enjoy a dog but uh but i don't know that i would I don't know that I would want to experience the world as a dog experiences it. I think I would much rather be a ghost. Mm, okay.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I would rather be a dog mm. uh,
0: because,
1: well, at least if if uh, I'm treated as well as my dog, um, I'd, I'd, <laughs> it'd be like, awesome. Um, but the other part of it is, uh, you know, there's, you know, and the article goes into it too, is in terms of like, okay, what are the rules here? Can I? talk to other ghosts? Can I talk to people? Is this a time bound thing or am I Mm -hmm. forever on the earth, you know, right alone or, you know, and all that. So, right.
0: Am I a dog dog or am I human in a dog's body? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyhow, uh, one of the, so this came from some professor at MIT department of brain and cognitive sciences and what he said. and, And when you try this on people, um, he, he says that there's, almost never a clarifying question. Somebody just says dog or ghost. And it, and it doesn't, you know, it's like, well, what do you mean? Well, okay, if I'm, if I'm a, you know, and you try to like uh, negotiate, right? Of like, okay, if I'm a ghost, can I, you know, can I talk to people and turn on TV sets and read books or, or, uh, you know, what, what, what you know, how does this work? Um, but people instantly have an answer. And they said that it also bridges the, uh, like any sort of, uh, uh, like differences between like, whether it's, uh, like race or, uh, upbringing or, or, you know, uh, you know, financial situation or anything like that. It's, it's something that everybody could
0: talk about. That's fascinating. That's really yeah. interesting. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So you're a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it, is it more about being a dog or is it more about not being a ghost for you?
1: No, I wouldn't I, like I, if I was a well taken care of dog, I'd be all over that.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what else is there? You know, you know it's like that's like that's the life, man. Um,
0: <laughs> Barking at mail people. yeah, always happy when
1: people come home. interrupting you know, interrupting
0: and, conference calls. Podcasts right? podcasts yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh that's great okay so so dave if uh if folks are interested in uh uh if folks are interested in learning more about their uh the robot cafe companions um mm-hmm. or if they want to purchase a big clapper for home or retail use uh what website should they go visit
1: yeah um they want to go to uh, dgshow.org. so d s dave gs and gunner show r g
0: all right i'll see you at the summit Dave.
1: yeah 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 see everybody there